Welcome to the story behind her success with Candy O'Terry, presented by Boston Women in Media and Entertainment, sponsored by Tech Help Boston. Success stories. How a woman got to where she is today, including all the hard stuff, the detours, the roadblocks, the bumps along the way. That's what this show is all about. I believe that successful women think differently. And the woman you are about to meet started showing the business community what she was made of at only 18, when she won her local newspaper's Entrepreneur of the Year Award. And she's been climbing the ladder towards success ever since. She is now the CEO and the founder of Nickerson PR, an award-winning full-service communications agency offering an integrated blend of public relations, social media, digital content, creative services, and events expertise. And there is so much more. Lisa Nickerson is her name, and this is her story. Lisa, welcome to the story behind her success. Good morning, Candy. It is so nice to have you here. You got your new story behind <laughs> her success mug. I'm all excited. And Thank you're you. dressed in nothing but clothing made and manufactured and, and sold and designed by women. Yes. Why is that so important to you? It's important that we're able to make our mark as a woman and support one another. Often when I'm speaking or when I'm at things, somebody might ask, where did you get that? Or who designed that? And I realized that if I could be wearing something that was by a local woman or made by a woman, that I could just give them a little bit of an oomph while I was wearing that. Over the years, I've tried to you know, support local yeah. women and buy their clothes or wear them. But I decided when I was asked to do this podcast, I thought, what better? Then to start now with a commitment to always wearing women-designed and owned clothing. And, and you look like a million bucks. Well, thank you. Isn't it so <laughs> true that we all stand on each other's shoulders? I think we have to. And I think that that's one of the biggest things that I've learned, particularly over the past decade, is that I could lean on women more and that they could lean on me more. And that's a big part of why I'm where I am now is because of the people I've surrounded myself by. It's a big part by. of your story, isn't it? Right. Let's start with your company. You're a full-service communications agency. Can you tell me a little bit about who you are and what you do? I started in commercial real estate, mm -hmm. and I loved commercial real estate. But a big part of my story is that I started having children when I was much younger. I was married when I was 24. I had my first son at 25, my second son at 27, my daughter at 29. And that's super relevant to the story because it is really hard to build a business in commercial real estate when you have three babies at home. At the time, 20 years ago, the question would come up, well, don't you want to be home with your baby? <laughs> or how long will you be out again? And it was challenging. When I got pregnant with Cassie, I decided that I was going to be the person doing the marketing strategy on the team so that I could have more flexibility and work more from home. So that's really how the company started. I started working on our projects from home, and then some of our clients started to ask if I could do some contract work. And what I thought was, huh, I might have another couple of years of this contract work, which would keep me in the loop, and then I can go back into full-scale commercial real estate. Well, as my mom always says, Lisa plans and God laughs. And what <laughs> I ended up doing is actually getting divorced and saying, well, I'm going to have my own company so that I have more of a master of, of control in my life. And I started the business, the, which was Nickerson PR. Isn't it interesting about how certain circumstances in our lives lead us to where we are today? Well, absolutely. And particularly when you look at the job of parenting, you look at the job of your career, you look at the job of 
who you are as a parent in each relationship. I don't want to say it's more work than I anticipated, but <laughs> I, I bit off a lot. But you're pretty fearless, aren't you? That I am. I would say that one of the biggest things I've learned over the past 20 years is learning to balance it better. Because in being fearless, sometimes that's getting excited about something and going down that road and saying, oh, and I have to do this, though. Oh, and I have to make dinner. Oh, and I you know, need to be <laughs> at this play. When I give younger women advice, that's one of the biggest things that I talk about is how do you find that balance? And, and saying that without sounding cliche. You were recently recognized as one of Boston's most powerful women in real estate. Congratulations. You were also featured on Chronicle, the news magazine, as Greater Boston's real estate expert. So, Lisa, my question is, what do you love about real estate? What do you love about this niche? What, does it make you tick? I can see by the look <laughs> on your face you love it. I have loved real estate since I was in high school. At one point, I thought I wanted to be an architect. I love everything about the art of real estate, the architecture. I love interiors. And when you think about it, real estate is your home. It's where you work. It's how you feel when you're at any place. And when I was in commercial real estate, I used to say to people, this is where you'll spend more time <laughs> than anywhere else. So you need to be inspired when you're at work. And you want to be inspired by the things that are around you. And Actually, over the past 25 years while I've been in real estate, I've watched this really evolve too into placemaking and planned development. And those words actually mean so much to the general public. And particularly to millennials now, the work-life balance, you know, being in a place of comfort. Comfort and where, what makes them happy. And creativity. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Walk me through your day because I think it starts very early and I think it ends <laughs> very, very late. Honestly, I get up in the morning, I try and get a workout in. <laughs> I recently got two puppies and I have so I have to take them for a run or a walk in the morning. So there's two companies actually. There's Nickerson PR, which is people relations, and that is all about how we affect people and how people affect us, both our brands, our businesses. But a second company entirely is Nickerson Real Estate Partners. I started that about 5 years ago. And that is on-site new construction sales, leasing, and property management. And you still hold your real estate license, don't you? I do. And I started that company, again, sort of out of a necessity. We were working on projects and working with sales teams, and the broker side of me kicked back in. Uh -huh. And I said, I think we can do this. So I built that company out, too. And so we're doing sales, and we just started property management this year. And the two companies support each other. Also, very important to me is my philanthropy. I've been on the board of Housing Families for 12 years. I've supported a lot of different charities. And then I love my women-related associations. So Boston Women in Media and Entertainment has actually, I've got some great stories about why that has been such an important part of my life. Tell me. Well, you know, it starts with when I was introduced to you. And I think a lot of times Women don't see coaches as much as they could, and then they may not admit to it either. Oh, that's so true. Right? But Tom Brady has a coach, right? So many successful women have coaches, but right. they don't always reveal that they do. I was working with Lauren Mackler, and she really changed my life. And she said to me one day, would you like to go to Candy O'Terry's house? And she's having a women in media and entertainment event. And I thought, Oh, well, that's interesting. And when I went, I hope my house was clean that day. That's all I got to say. <laughs> but I went. And to be honest, I was a little intimidated. I am actually so used to working with so many men all of the time. Oh. And I expected the women to all know each other or to be interested in sort of what they were talking about. And I got there and I didn't know anybody. 
And I found everybody to be so interesting and so gracious and so helpful. And I found you to be so like, oh, so nice to meet you. And how can I help you? And and I thought, wow, this is an amazing group of people. And I was so honored to be asked to be on the board later yeah. on. And every time I go to one of our events, the women that I meet, I end up doing business with and I and now become friends with or now socially, it all comes back to that first time coming to your house. Thank and, you. And I never I, knew that story. Yeah. And, I love hearing that. Thank you. <laughs> and then since then, I've gotten more involved with uh, what's called Women's Leadership Institute. ULI is a very prominent real estate organization. WLI, Women's Leadership Institute, is something I've been very involved in because, again, women are the minority in commercial real estate. Just recently, they restructured and it became a council, so very important to ULI as a whole. And I'm co-chairing the WLI council, and we're really just reinvigorating this yeah. program into something that isn't just another committee or another organization, but how do we come together and really create an impact for one another. We talk about mentors and sponsors, but when we get together, how can we be more impactful with one another? And that's really our goal. So I'm really excited about that. There are always naysayers out there, Lisa. <laughs> People who are very happy to tell you, you can't do something. Who is your biggest supporter? That one person who believes in you. I didn't want to come and necessarily say my mom, but it's, it's true. You know, I think about that, Do you know that that is the number one answer? I when know I it is. And question. I thought that I was going to come up with something different. But when you just said it, I had to say it's my mom. You know, what is it? What does she say to you that keeps you feeling strong and that you can do anything? Do you know, sometimes she just listens. And whether it's the good or the bad, I talk to her several times a day. I have forever uh, just to check in, just to say I'm running in between meetings, but guess what just happened? She's always there. And she's given me some of the best advice I've ever had. Tell and me the best advice she ever gave you. The best thing she's always said to me, or she did when I was growing up, that has been a huge part of my life is don't get ready, be ready. You think about that, right? How often are we getting ready for something or we're running around or we're kind of pulling it together last minute? And she really would say to me, slow down, get ready, and walk in and be ready. And I thought that was a great That one. is great advice. I Everybody's that writing that down right now. That was a super piece of advice. What's your mom's name? Jane. That's Jane saying, <laughs> don't get ready, be ready. That's right. Give us a snapshot of the real estate market in Boston. You are the expert. So <laughs> what's the forecast for the next few years? How do you see things in the Boston area right now? Well, everybody's waiting for the bottom to fall out, right? Everyone says, oh, are we at the top of the market? And that's always the big question is, where are we? What inning are we in? I work with some of the greatest owners and developers in greater Boston. I'm very fortunate. We work on commercial, residential, retail. While it might not be as hot, because it was kind of crazy hot there for a while, but it is one of the strongest markets in the country. One of the things that my friends in biotech and tech keep telling us is that this is the hottest market. It may be hotter than real estate's even giving it credit for. And that the ecosystems around these groups now are stronger than they've ever been. So maybe before when you had to go to Silicon Valley or to other areas, whether for talent or money or just advisors, they have that in Boston now at a level they never have before. So I'm looking forward to this lasting a bit longer. <laughs> and, uh, and you heard it from Lisa Nickerson. That's and she right. knows. She that's knows. Right. There was a huge gas explosion in the Merrimack Valley in 2018. Mm -hmm. Your company was hired 
to help Columbia Gas handle what was really a PR nightmare. My question to you is, what is it like to step into a catastrophe like that? We were brought in by Joe Albanese, who was appointed by the governor. And Columbia Gas, they have their PR firm. So I just want to clarify that. They had their PR firm they were working with. And Joe brought us in. He wasn't preparing for this, right? And Nobody was preparing right, for right. this. He got a call off the golf course by the governor, and he was there later that day and asked if he would um, oversee this recovery. And then I was called, and he said, can you be there tomorrow? And I said, what time, Joe? And he said, how's 6.15? I said, A.M.? Okay. A.M. <laughs> and, and like Joe, I showed back up at the office in December. Every day wasn't long enough. We were there seven days a week, 12 to 14-hour days. We provided Joe with internal intelligence of what's going on where, what's the high level with the PR, what's the high level with the social media, what are we hearing from his troops essentially sure. out there. Just anything that was relevant, he wanted to know, which when we talk about getting to work with great leaders. It was such an amazing experience to work with Joe and the governor's office and the Columbia leadership. I think that so many people, of course, were not just inconvenienced. The Columbia team, I've never met a harder working, more caring group of people. The leadership and everybody that worked there was so torn up and uh, upset, and they were getting beaten up in the press left and mm. right. And a company that they were all so proud of, they were devastated. The team was devastated. You know, you mentioned leadership a couple of times. Mm -hmm. What's your leadership philosophy? How do you lead? That's evolved quite a bit over the past few years in particular. Sometimes I feel like it's a little bit of do as I say, not as I do. I've found that I don't always have the work-life balance that I want my team members to have. Mm. One of the things that we've really done is I've stopped letting people tell me what I should be doing all the time. And things really changed when we came in with a level of order that we didn't have before. If it wasn't the right fit for somebody, then I wasn't changing, but we needed a team that came together. We all had the same mission and we were rowing in the same direction. And once we did that, it was like everything clicked. There was no more wondering of where we were going or what we were doing. We all knew what it was. And then the other thing that I think is so important, and we as women, we want to be, we want to be liked and we don't want people upset, but we had to shake it up a little bit. And we did this last summer. We really sort of shook up how our organization looked and who was with us. With that, now we hold each other accountable in a greater way. So it's not me saying, do this, do that, or don't do this, or don't do that. It's a leadership team that is all holding each other accountable. Again, do your job. And we can all look at one another. And it's really transformed who we are as a company. You had talked about some of your board work that you're very proud of, including mm -hmm. Boston Women in Media and Entertainment, ULI, Women's Leadership Institute. Are you a mentor yourself? And when you mentor, what is your message? Please support our sponsors. They make this show possible. These days, more and more people are working from home. When your computer breaks down, you lose business. This is Dave Elmasian, president of TechHelpBoston.com. Our tech experts will come to your home or office to fix your computer. Same day, next day, and weekends too. More than 30,000 families and businesses have trusted us since 2000. You can trust Tech Help Boston to keep your computer and systems running right. Call 781-484-1265 or visit TechHelpBoston.com. That's TechHelpBoston.com. I would say right now, I don't have somebody in the professional 
world that I'm mentoring, but I do have three kids that are 20, 17, and 15. <laughs> and I feel like I mentor them sometimes more than parent them. I try and set a good example for them, but I also hold them to a high standard. I would say that my focus from a mentoring standpoint is there in that space. And then there would be my team members and the younger people on my team. Again, it's that same balance of I need a certain expectation, but I'm going to support and coach you as much as I can along the way. You mentioned your children. I know you you have three. Mm -hmm. You're a single mom as well, which is the hardest job I ever did and what I am (laughs) most proud of. How did you change, Lisa, when you became a mom? I thought that I could continue to take on the world at the rate that I was. I had to realign my choices. I firmly believe that as a mom, something's got to give. You can't do everything, but that's okay. You just need to make a choice. And what choice am I going to make today? And that might be that I'm making the choice that I'm going to miss something. And my mom was an at-home mom. So that was a tough adjustment for Mm. me to learn. Where I'm so fortunate is that my ex-husband has been a terrific co-parent. And if there's anything that you can give your children, make the kids the priority versus your anger or your frustration and bite your tongue. You're totally capable of doing that. That's a choice. And when the kids see two parents that are co-parenting, they get a better experience. And, and so do you. You're not carrying that with you. There might be a reason you got divorced. Well, now you're divorced. So now move on and see how you can really co-parent with that person. And it hasn't always been easy. No different than an an argument in the company, right? You take it offline. You don't do it in the middle of the boardroom. And so we've done a really good job with that. And it's something I'm most proud of. Speaking of the boardroom, I'm going to guess, because as you've mentioned, you know, particularly in leadership positions, it's very male in the Mm -hmm. real estate world. How do you make sure that you're heard at the table? Well, you sit at the table. I think about some of the books I've read, like Lean In. I started to really pay attention to how often women don't sit at the table. They just take a seat on the side. So you need to sit at the table and then you need to have an opinion, but be thoughtful about it and be smart about what you're saying, but have your opinion. And don't let anyone else take ownership for your ideas, which happens all the time for women. It does. Women and men communicate differently too. It's important that you hold your own and it's important Mm -hmm. that you don't let someone talk down to you but that you're respectful about it. If there's one thing about this whole Me Too movement that has been so enlightening to me and in a lot of ways disappointing to me is how many things that I thought were just okay because that's the way it was. And it wasn't until this really started to blow up that I thought, wow, I have always accepted that is just the way it was. What I'm hoping that my daughter gets from me and from people is that that's not the way it is. It's changing just like the generation before me. And I've changed how I approach things in my business and how we talk at the office. If anything, the challenge we have at the office right now is there's so many women's events that I said to the young men in our office the other day, you're welcome to come (laughs) and you're welcome to find other things that are of interest to you. But I almost felt like there was a reverse discrimination going in our office right now because we have so many women-based initiatives going on that I didn't want them to feel left out. I didn't want them to feel like, Where did they fit into this? And if anything, I want them to realize that they can bring this to other parts of their lives and how they talk with women or they communicate with our clients and and other colleagues. 
I'd like to go back just a little bit for you, because I'm going to guess that your childhood was a pretty interesting one. When you were growing up, what was the message in your house? Is there a golden rule? Like, what was the vibe like? Well, my dad worked a lot. My dad's family is a very hardworking, workaholic-type family. They have tremendous success in our history and interesting stories. And I was very fortunate to be a part of that growing up and to be hearing about. So you saw that work ethic. Yes. Well, both my grandfathers owned businesses. They were entrepreneurs. My grandmothers, who are both still alive, were their biggest support systems. They were really an equal part of their success. So I watched that growing up. My mom was such a a part of my father being successful because she was home and she was taking care of us while my dad worked. There was a level of expectation. My dad's pretty strict. (laughs) We had really nice things. We had a really nice house and we had a beautiful yard and a pool, but we didn't have any help doing it because he had two able-bodied teenagers. We did everything. My brother and I did. And I think that the work ethic that we got from that is a big part of who we are today. Of course, we still both compete for who has the nicest lawn, too, because (laughs) it was our job to take care of the lawn. I just think that I had such great role models growing up and people who really supported my wanting to do more or be more. Yeah, it was it was great. We learn from our mistakes. Have you made any? And what has the lesson been for you? Uh, I think I've learned more from all of my mistakes than I have anything else. I think the biggest part is recognizing that they're mistakes. I had been divorced and another significant relationship had failed just at my 40th birthday. And I said to myself, well, I could certainly blame these guys. (laughs) Or I can look at who the common denominator is, and it's me. My business wasn't quite where I wanted it to be. And my relationship with my oldest son wasn't quite where I wanted it to be. And I went through coaching and I learned about personalities and triggers and things that trigger us to respond in certain ways. And I took a really hard look at myself and why did I choose the friends I did? Why did I choose the partners I did? What was I mirroring from my parents' discipline or relationships And I realized that I needed to do some pivoting in my life. And it was unbelievably transformative. And I remember Lauren saying to me, Lisa, you really need to learn about vulnerability. And I said, oh, (laughs) what do you mean? I don't want to be vulnerable. And she said, you will become more powerful when you become more vulnerable. And I told her she was crazy. And that was the end of that session. It's such a giant turning point in my life that I started to realize that there were times I would just be triggered by things. And it had nothing to do with the person I was talking to now or the situation that I was in. So from that, I've made, I think, a lot less or many fewer mistakes because I'm looking at things with a different lens Mm -hmm. and I'm thinking about things differently. The other big one was a life changer. When I was working on the Columbia Project and still trying to run the businesses and still trying to be part of these organizations, we were getting into Christmas time. I started to layer on the holiday parties on top of it. So I had been working seven days a week for months now, 12, 14-hour days, and still trying to do everything on top of it. And I was burned out, completely burned out. One day I was super tired, and I was still running between meetings. I think we've all nodded while we're driving, and I did and caused a huge car accident. In that blink of an eye, when I looked up and I went into another truck at about 60 miles an hour, it was all in God's hands. 
I had to slow down. I had a massive concussion, and I'm lucky that that's the only thing that happened. But the reason I tell the story is because it forced me to do a number of things, which was one, I had to slow down because I couldn't do anything but be slow (laughs) for a couple of months. The second was my team members really picked up more, and I started to realize I don't have to be at every meeting, Mm -hmm. and I don't have to be at every event, and I don't need to burn the candle at that level anymore. And I'm not going to. I bought these two puppies because they forced me, actually, to be home. They forced me to go for that walk in the morning. I just want to say to all the women who are pushing so hard, or anybody for that matter, who's pushing so hard, that sometimes you need a nap and sometimes (laughs) you need a break. Life has a funny way of stopping us in our tracks, doesn't it? It was God's will that I'm still here, but I know that that's a big part of my message to everyone now is that... You don't need to push that hard because I did think I was pretty invincible and I thought that I could just keep pushing and keep making things happen. And and now I'm being more selective in what I'm saying yes to and so that I, I can be in a healthier place. When an obstacle is in your path, how do you get around it? Again, being that fearless, it doesn't seem to stop me. I just find a way. One of the other great things that I do is I've surrounded myself by such good people. Go to an expert in something. So if there's an obstacle, go to somebody who knows how to get around that particular type of obstacle. And I found that when I go to somebody or maybe a couple people who are experts in what they do, they really have a clear path in how to get around that. And what might be challenging for me wasn't challenging for them. And suddenly I'm right around it. Looking back through the rearview mirror on a career that continues to unfold, Mm -hmm. what are you most proud of? I'm most proud of the relationships that I have right now because I have done so much personal work in my journey and I have a really amazing relationship with all three of my kids that I credit to the work that I did to get there with them. I have an amazing relationship with my family. I consider my brother still one of my best go-tos. I have a partner, my significant other now, which we need a better term for, you know. (laughs) I've never had somebody who just has this way of understanding me and supporting me in the same way. But then again, I still have a terrific relationship with my ex-husband. I really am so thankful for what a great co-partner he's been. I think it's the relationships. Final question then. Mm -hmm. At this point in your career, this deep into it, (laughs) what does success mean to you? Success to me right now. And this is going to change next year and the year after. But right now, it's being that expert, recognized as that expert for all the hard work that I've put into giving that great advice, while at the same time being that mentor to my kids and helping them launch. I've got two more going into school really shortly. It's balancing that being the very best I can be and my company can be while really helping my kids be the best they can be. I want to say thank you so much for telling your story today. Lisa Nickerson, and here's to your success. Thanks, Candy. Thanks for listening to the story behind her success with Candy O'Terry. This is a series with one goal in mind to shine the spotlight on women doing great things with their lives. We hope these weekly stories will motivate and inspire you. If you'd like to suggest someone for Candy to interview, she'd love to hear about it. Connect with her anytime on Facebook, Twitter, and her website, candyoterry.com. That's C-A-N-D-Y-O-T-E-R-R-Y.com. 
You'll find all of these links in the show notes. What's your story?